I want to thank you again for spending time joining me here on Slingstones. I was wondering if you might have friends or contacts that you think could enjoy this, maybe be fed by it, these uh, little insights on the Christian journey. If so, share it with them. Tell them how they can go to Podbean and uh, they can begin to listen. There's new ones coming up every week, but there's also, my goodness, I think over 300 of them stored on Podbean. And I'd like to get this word out as, as broadly as I can. Uh, I'm so excited that we're having an international response. Aaron was talking to me the other day, my son, uh, who manages and produces the show, that um, we have listeners in Japan and Australia and Thailand, Spain, Great Britain, uh, Sweden. And it just thrills me to know that I have an opportunity to share a good word for Jesus. So if it's something that you would like to um, uh, encourage others with, It would mean a great deal to me. Let's say a word of prayer. Father, we come in the strong name of our Lord Jesus and thank you for Jesus and what he's done for us and what he brings to us. Holy Spirit, we pray that today you would minister to us. We pray that you would move us and stir us as we consider these thoughts. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I have to admit that sometimes when I'm reading through scripture, I am shocked by a phrase or a sentence that I know I've, I had to have read it many, many times, and all of a sudden it just jumps out at me as though I'd never seen it before. And that happened to me just the other day. Uh, I was reading, beginning to read the Gospel of John, which in this very Bible I've read five times in terms of the issue that I read the Bible through every year. And all of a sudden this phrase just jumped out of me. Let me, let me read it to you. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. Grace in place of grace. Wow, that that grabbed me, and I it's NIV, and I really had to spend some time with it, and I wanted to talk about it uh, with you. Grace in place of grace. Now, the context of the statement is basically this, that it was grace that caused God to give the law uh, in order to constrain behavior, but now that grace has been replaced by a greater grace— and that is the grace of Jesus, the grace that said in, a verse, in verses previously that if you believe in his name, you will become the children of God. Grace in place of grace. I've never thought of that phrase, and yet it's really captured me, and all of a sudden, it's making sense in some other contexts. You know, years ago, I had the opportunity to do doctoral work at Fuller Seminary, where I earned my doctorate, and uh, one of my professors was John Wimber. He had a very unique anointing. He he truly did. And he made a statement back then that I remember well and that I've thought about many times. He said, do you know what is often the greatest obstacle to accepting a new move of God? The unwillingness to let go of the previous movement of God. 
Do you hear that? <clears throat> Excuse me. What is it that most gets in the way of accepting a new move of God? It's the unwillingness to let go of the previous move of God. Now, I really ask the Holy Spirit to help us pay attention to this because there's something here that's very, very important. Let me give you an example of this. We can experience somewhere in our past a very sweet movement of God, a time when God's people were close, when it seems like answers to prayer came quickly, and then it seems as though that season ended And for a long time after that, we keep wishing it would happen again. We keep looking back. We redefine God's movement by that particular action. A time of power, a time of intimacy. I was thinking about uh, the church I pastored uh, out in California, founded it with a couple of great friends, Ron Walborn, his wife, Wanda, and others. And... uh, We had some powerful seasons. We had a season where evangelism just seemed to be happening everywhere. I think in a three-month period of time, we saw 60 people come to faith in Christ. And then it just seemed to wane. There was also a time where there was a great outpouring of the Spirit on our church. People getting healed, people being filled with the Spirit. We wanted to be a church all the time, every night. And that waned. And, and often when it stops, this, uh, this special movement, I know what I did and what others do is we, we begin to ask the question, did we do something wrong? Is there a reason why this didn't continue? And then as we move forward in the Christian life, there can be this longing for the good old days. We pray that that would happen again. And sometimes we even try to make it happen or pretend that it is happening because it was such a sweet season. And yet now it seems that we've moved past it somehow. Now, look, here's one of the things that I think Scripture is saying in history. Grace, the grace of God has many manifestations. And that it can come down in a very particular way for a season. And that can be sweet. And that can be wonderful. But often what happens is the Spirit moves on. Moves on to do another work in our lives. Another work in our community. And yet, we may not move on with that. But we keep thinking back and hoping it would happen again. I know I do that. I was talking to a friend of mine that was part of a a real renewal that both of us experienced a long time ago. And we say, man, I really hope that happens again. It would be great. And rather than saying, I would hope that I would be open to the next move of grace, I keep longing for that move of grace, and I tend to want to hold fast to it. Is that something that's ever happened to you? Do you look back at a time in your Christian life where maybe your prayers seemed to be answered in an instant or there was a special unity? The fact that we move past that doesn't always mean we did something wrong or we refocused our attention. It could mean, and in fact, I think it often does mean, that God is moving in a new way upon us. And what we want to do 
is we want to be open. And we want to be aware. And we want to stay faithful to move with God. This is one of the things, and I think I mentioned this before, that Howard Snyder was emphasizing in his book, The, How- the Problem of Wineskins. It's a, an old book now, probably close to 50 years old. But he said, you know, God was a tabernacling God. And when the Spirit settled, they put up the tabernacle. And when the Spirit lifted and moved, they moved with the Spirit. And there wasn't a sense that they were longing to go back to where the tent was staked previously, but they wanted to keep pace. And I think there's times in my life where I don't understand that particular concept of grace in place of grace. There's a new grace replacing the grace that God had put upon me and that the aspects of that new grace are there because they are in some way going to change me. They're going to help me grow in new ways. I know that I've personally had seasons where I knew that God was answering my prayers, where it felt like he was really very present and there was a fire burning in my heart and in the hearts of other, pe- hearts of other people around me. But then I know that there are seasons where those things begin to change. It, it's God saying to us, I think, that we need to be open to grace in place of grace because he wants to do a new work in our hearts. And it can be a very, very different kind of work. You see, this is something that I think I'm experiencing right now in my life. As I look back, I know there have been healings that have occurred in me. I know there has been deliverance that I've experienced. And so there is this sense of the glory of God that came and rescued me. But I think there's also a grace in place of grace where to grow, God wants me to understand the grace that sustains me in the midst of difficulty. And isn't that precisely what Paul was writing about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. When Paul was talking about the fact that he has this weakness. Now, now let's face this. Paul not only had personally experienced the, the power of God. I mean, he even was taken up, as he said, into the third heaven and sustained through beatings and, uh, if you will, uh, shipwreck. And he saw this amazing deliverance of God. And he also saw individuals healed. And he saw them filled with the spirit. And he knew God's power. And he knew God's presence. And then there came this situation where... He was facing his own weakness, a weakness that somehow seemed to get in the way. And he even called it a tormentor, a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan sent to torment him. And the Bible says, or actually Paul writes in the Bible that repeatedly he went to the Lord and said, Lord, take this from me. And then all of a sudden we see this Grace in place of grace. My grace, Jesus said, is sufficient for you. 
Okay, so he's appealing to grace, but now it's going to be a different kind of grace, not the grace that heals and the grace that delivers, but the grace that sustains because Jesus says, my power is made perfect in your weakness. Wow, that is amazing. This is the very idea, I think, of what's being said in John chapter 1. God's grace manifests upon us in very different ways. And we want to be able to move with what the Spirit is doing, and that's not always easy. But part of the way that we move is that we don't insist that God pours out his grace today the way he did yesterday. Yes, we want the pouring out of his grace, but let the manifestation of his grace be according to what God wants to accomplish us in us. And here we see Paul who had experienced the great power and deliverance and healing of God, crying out for that again for his own life. And basically the Lord says, I have a grace right now for you that's going to replace that grace in this circumstance. It's the grace to be sustained in the midst of difficulty and trial. Now, even that grace may be at one point sustained. It may in fact be a new grace in place of grace. And so that we're always open to God, where are you? And what are you doing right now? How can I be in tune with you? Which, if you will, brings us back to something we've talked about more than once. And that is Jesus saying, I only do the things I see the Father doing. I am grateful for all the moments of renewal and revival and unbelievable power that I've experienced in the past. And I do have a hope to experience that in new and vital ways. But I also need to be aware of what is the grace right now that is upon me. And it could be as radically different as it was for Paul grace in place of grace and the recognition that all of it, all of it is a gift to the Lord. <laughs>